Dear Supply Chain Community, warm welcome to our podcast C4E2E number seven. Um, I'm happy to welcome um, Daniel Leverick um, today from Zulig Farmer, and uh, I think we will have a an interesting chat about um, um, uh, an approach that Zulig has taken, which is probably uh, a, a very innovative one in order to make data part of the business model. Andy, handing over to you to make a quick intro and to start the conversation. Thank you, Klaus. So, um, welcome, Daniel. Uh, Daniel is uh, Daniel Leverick is the head of digital and data solutions at Zulig Pharma. Um, he has enabled, if not driven, the uh, recognition that Zulig Pharma is uh, receives the award of best customer experience management and most promising generation leader. Um, that's a Big award, congratulations to that, uh, with delay. <laughs> anyway, welcome, Daniel. And uh, so, of course, the, the, the main question of, uh, of, of, of why we thought this would be a very interesting conversation is because the global um, pharmaceutical market, according to Statista at least, is uh, 1.3 trillion US dollars. And uh, when you look at blockchain solutions, they're going to grow as a, as a technology market size. To about 72 billion US dollars by 2026. However, when you look at it, there are not many blockchain applications in the hands of customers or patients, let's call them patients as well. So the question is, why, why is that the case? And um, give a bit uh, uh, of, uh, of, of segue for, for Daniel is basically Zulik Pharma has a solution in the market. And maybe Daniel, you, we can start with just uh, um, having a bit of an introduction of, of what Easy Tracker is, is doing. Yeah, sure, Andy. Uh, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to uh, go through it. Um, maybe we start with, with um, maybe not just jumping straight into why, what, what Easy Tracker does, but maybe give a bit of background as to why we, we kind of, um, we've looked at this uh, solution. So, uh, in, certainly in Asia and uh, the, um, in Southeast Asia, the World Health Organization currently estimates that it's around one in 10 drugs sold uh, in developing countries are either substandard or falsified. Now, that is actually uh, an underestimation. It, it could be as high as three in 10 um, that, that, that are either substandard or, um, or falsified. And, and this really, it includes the, the trades of medicine, the could be contaminated, they could contain the wrong or no active ingredients or out of date. And obviously, this has a serious health and safety issues um, that arise from, from counterfeit medicines. Uh, there's a huge uh, financial impact, uh, but there's also a huge impact on, on lives. Um, and, uh, and currently, uh, last year, it was around 1 million people died in, in the region, and 20% of those are, are children. Um, what we kind of see now is obviously with the co uh, with the rollout of COVID nineteen vaccines uh, global globally now in in, in full effect, um, ensuring a supply chain um, that's safe and 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 there's a, a visibility into it is, is vital. Um, the, the pandemic is is obviously heightened the uh, the dangers posed uh, by global trade and counterfeit medicines. There's uh, alerts all over the news, Interpol. Um, there, there was things on the on the BBC around uh, around fake uh, COVID uh, vaccines um, in circulation. So so what we we've done to really help uh, this is really uh, Easy Tracker is, is is being developed to to help governments, um, pharmaceutical companies, healthcare providers uh, combat the trade in, in fake medicines. And uh, we were we're quite lucky in in effect is that we started this journey of Easy Tracker back in 
2019. Um, and so what it is, is it's uh, it's really a smartphone application, the first in Asia, uh, powered by blockchain technology uh, that really, in its simplicity, just ensures that a, a patient um, can uh, have a window into product traceability uh, by allowing them to verify the authenticity of a medical product by scanning a barcode. It's very, very, very straightforward from a from a patient perspective, um, and really, what Easy Tracker does is enables full traceability um, from during the distribution of medical products. Uh, this just can be anywhere, even uh, even rural areas um, throughout the region. Uh, if an unregistered product is detected, uh, ourselves, Zuli Pharma, the the medicines uh, legitimate manufacturer, are immediately notified, and then there can be a, a kind of an escalation up to the to the relevant authorities. Um, and so we've obviously found that previously the efforts to to kind of find e products like this or suspect products in the market takes weeks, months um, to detect and to withdraw defective uh, products from the market uh, is very difficult. And so really this is is an instantaneous solution that uh, that can be used uh, by by various users. It can be patients, it can be healthcare practitioners, to really uh, quickly uh, find, recall, and and and, uh, and and then deal with the kind of the drugs in question. And mm-hmm. that's in its that's in its obviously simplest form. The, the, what we're also trying to do is really um, build up a bit more of a public awareness uh, around around um, education, public awareness around uh, the the impact of falsified medicines, and really to to overcome the, the kind of the hesitancy or the hesitation about about taking vaccines. So how how can we build in some sort of, some kind of information education into into the the solution itself, um, and and really uh, help to uh, give patients a confidence that the drugs or the vaccines that they take into to them are, are genuine uh, they get reliable information on on uh, on the, the the drugs or vaccines that they're receiving um kind of improve knowledge uh, so that there's any issues or side effects um and really uh, yeah it's, it's all about really empowering the, a patient to to be to be confident and and to be in control to safeguard their own health um, and uh, as I say, this is this is something we, we've been working on for, for, for quite some time. Um, it's it's not a I often get asked, is it a pilot or, or, or something that we've just got proof of concept? And it's not. It, it's live across multiple countries. Um, multiple um, multiple products are, are being um, are being used and scanned uh, by by patients on, on a day to day basis. Um, and how do we use technology to to help and empower patients uh, to to make sure that they yeah there's there's no issues to that their health or, or, or to their life yeah and exactly that's that's the, the the interesting part it's it's not it's not just a technology but it's really a technology with with a value proposition yes. and and of course being in 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 the market operating means that uh, there also is not just a, a powerpoint um presentation but it's really uh, infrastructure committed the, the the whole technology thought through not just from a from a um, data point perspective, but also from a use case perspective, and I wanted to give that kind of as as a question to to to, to both you, Daniel, and and, and to Klaus eventually. Um, so, is that um, how did you commit? How did you convince your Zulik Farmers management to to actually commit those resources? And then, as a as a follow up to Klaus, is a, is that is that uh, moving from data point to use case? Is that is that the way to go in general? Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a great question. You know, um, we when we started this, uh, blockchain was in its in its infancy. It was uh, it was kind of, at, I would say maybe, 
class there's a little bit of the the new the next buzzword you know the next flash in the pan is is it um it, do you really need a blockchain to do this can you do it in uh, just a centralized database or but um what we've seen in um and this is very different asia is obviously a very different market um, there's this we have a very pressing need in this region there's a there's a huge counterfeit um uh, counterfeit uh, problem here um, and it's a massive impact to to what we we're, we're trying to do as as a mission at zulig which is make healthcare more accessible um and so my my senior management and, and board have bought into the vision they they, they back this with with the resources and funding uh, to to really make it a reality and to to accelerate uh, what we're doing here and we've started to see uh, a, a kind of a change in in education you know i, I guess uh, it, it was everybody knew there was a, a problem in this region everybody knew there was there was there was counterfeits um in, in certain uh, drug classes or drug therapy classes in, in certain markets but it was it was like the the kind of the white elephant in the room that, that nobody really w- was doing anything about and so mm-hmm. really working with our, our key clients is really started to to kind of win them over and, and to say okay look there is a solution here that 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 can do um that do what what you need it, it's something that 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 can be deployed very, very quickly. It's it's proven, and it, and it will help you to address the, some of your issues. And maybe they're not counterfeits, but again, we, we see a lot in in this region of of uh, cross border imports or grey imports, um, um, drugs that have been sold in one country turn up in another country, or even down to the level of sold into a particular channel, maybe a government mm-hmm. hospital, turn up in a in a private clinic. Um, so how can we how can we give a window into into what was again something that was that was recognised as happening? but nobody had any visibility because the data points just just weren't there um, and i think that that is the, the key is really to unlock that data and, and be able to to show that that there is a there's an underlying there's something underlying happening here but th- you can now go and make the decisions to do something about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let me let me allow me to to um uh, to add a, an aspect to the to the question that andy raised to you before i pick up andy's question to me um i think the the the, the value of the of, of this use case for for the from the consumer perspective from um, from the various stakeholders that you mentioned um, the value is, is, is quite obvious um, but what did you have to do on in the background in order to tie things together um, how many partners did you need to convince because the chain is typically um, not just we deliver something and then it's there um, um, there are multiple parties involved um, transportation um, other distributors um, other other um, um, other partners, retailers, whatnot. Um, so, uh, how how broad is the spectrum? How what did you have what did you have to do um, um, in order to to kind of connect all these dots along the chain? No, that's a it's a really great question, and this has always been um, the the kind of the ethos ethos of what we're trying to do. Um, so you're right. At one side we have um, the maybe the pharma manufacturers, um, and then automatically we already with the app we get the patient uh, involved but how do we then bring into the ecosystem um, the uh, uh, healthcare providers or clinics um, or, or doctors or hospitals is is the current place uh, the current piece that we, we we're building at the moment um, and then how do we go one step further to to maybe get the uh, raw material and ingredients uh, providers in um, this has been a, a challenge so far I would say because um, I, I guess there's there's obviously when you get into this world, uh, manufacturers and raw material ingredients can sometimes be competitors in, in certain spaces. So mm-hmm. uh, again, similarly with trying to bring on um, competitors, there's always this 
trust angle how do you how do you overcome the trust of you, you see my data i see your data you get a competitive advantage and and that's one of the reasons why we we purposely chose choose blockchain we we don't want this to be a a closed ecosystem um where people get um concerned that they have to pass data from from one point to the other um for for me and, and for what we're trying to build here as a patient, it adds very little value if you can just go into a pharmacy and scan 50% of the products because Zulig Pharma distributed them. It has to be that you can pick anything off the shelf and scan it, um, and and uh, whether it's us or, or a competitor that was the distributor. Um, that takes time. Uh, I, I don't have a. There's, there's no silver bullet to to get to that point. Um, I, I think uh, they, there's still a lot of aspects that have to be worked through uh, around around trust. I think blockchain because of the way it's it's structured and and the way that you can control what what you see and what you share it it it, it breaks down those barriers but i still i still think that this is something that's going to take time to evolve before we we see all players in in the ecosystem um, but it's something we're working very hard hard to do yeah andy and you raised the question um uh, whether this is a is a general tendency that that the use case at the end of the day is needs to create the value and the value needs to become obvious um, um, in order to to justify um, um, investments and initiatives like like these ones, um, I would say um, this is this is an important tendency which is going to put more emphasis on the process and the customer side of the equation. Um, again, the world usually gets fancy about technology. Um, I'm talking about artificial intelligence, about blockchain, about uh, machine learning, all these things. But at the end of the day, technology is just a means to an end. And to, the justification has to come from the end and not from the means. Um, uh, the, the important thing is that we really understand to use technology, um, the right technology for a specific use case, um, um, as you um, have, have, have chosen a very, um, a very conscious decision um, to go for blockchain as a kind of, 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 um, of open system um, um, in order to build your use case for for good reasons, I think it's always a ch um, um, uh, an important choice to to pick the right technology. But at the end of the day, it's not the technology that brings the value; it's the technology that enables the value. But the value has to come from from the respective use case, from the respective business, from the respective process improvement that you're that you're driving. And I think this is something that sometimes. Um, um, the world um, forgets about um, when they become fancy about about technology as such. Technology as such is is enabler, but not the value. And and um, but to to what extent is um, actually the ability to show um, there is adoption in the market? The patients are using the technology. How much of a of a deciding factor is that to actually be able to onboard additional? Uh, participants in that in that initiative, and to keep the easy tracker going, if you want. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great point. You know, um, we, we started this, um, I guess, uh, with a with a few key clients in in one market, um, and really this has grown now because they they can see the value of, of what it's bringing, um, and it's not just the it's not just the, the being able to to, to find uh, or spot or, or, or stop counterfeits or being able to to see what's being channeled in di into different areas but really then we're also capturing much more data previously so we we are seeing um, uh, kind of much more granular data from from the patients uh, where they where they scan okay the data 
is anonymized, but we still get to capture those those data points so you know know that people are scanning in, in, in particular areas. Uh, you get to see different habits about um, about uh, the, the customers themselves, so the, the clinics or hospitals, uh, how many they're, they're ordering, uh, what what's the kind of the, the throughput. From there, we can start to look at uh, can we can we say the authentic authenticity part is, is only the, the start? So really, what we want to do is build up this this blockchain network um, uh, much much wider and, and really start to leverage on on some of the data points we have in there. So can we say okay, we know that. Uh, products are being scanned and authenticated can we then start to uh, auto replenish those so basically taking out human steps that that are that are in there to to call customer service or place an order through an e-commerce site can we start to can we, can we start to use those data points to then then automate the processes and i think this is when we start to see the value really add up so really it, looking at the, the blockchain network that we build in as as not an easy tracker authenticity product it's more about the, the kind of the blockchain highway that we're building and how do we start to leverage on on, on some of those points uh, along the way things like um iot so can we start to bring in temperature control uh, it's in in the farm industry that this is a big uh, big kind of concern for us how do we know that that the quality of the products have been transported in, in the right temperature certainly around covid vaccines mm -hmm. um, but then you get to a point where you think okay if we can guarantee the the product's authentic, we can guarantee the quality. Can we then start to move into some sort of supply chain financing where you can automatically uh, activate a, a payment through the bank because you know that the, the, the goods were delivered to the person, they, they signed for them, the quality is good and that the, the product's genuine. So automatically you can you can close that loop off as well and, and take out again what is a very manual process for, for us and a lot of businesses on, on maybe having to collect cash in this region or, or go and reconcile uh, accounts at the end, of the end of the month. So I think this is where we're now starting to see the, the, the value really really in, in some of the automation steps we can, we can do. Right. And that, that, that very interesting point that you you, you, you raise here, uh, Daniel, is uh, the business processes. And uh, Klaus, as you as a as a uh, expert, a consultant in in not just in pharma, but but in, in uh, industries in general, on on, on top of the topic of end-to-end -end business processes, um, what are the the challenges that that you see around these areas? Well, um, I think we we are going to a, with with all these all this technology all these these improvements that we are doing right now we are um we are getting to a point where 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 we get closer to end to end capabilities to triggering processes cross functionally not just supporting one specific process in one specific function but to really um, um, take it more from a from a true end-to-end -end perspective which is typically a cross-functional um, challenge which is typically um, a challenge that that goes across enterprises talking about customer integration um, into your supply chain um, typically um, 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 something that goes across technology because you've got um, blockchain or analytics on the one hand and you need to trigger transactions on the other hand these are different technologies um, um, so we, we we are we are more and more um, um, getting to a point um, where where true end-to-end -end connectivity and true end-to-end -end orchestration and automation um, uh, becomes um, uh, becomes more 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 uh, let's say applicable 
Um, and and this is something that um, the world is is not yet used to. We we as process experts see it from a from a yes, this is an end to end process. Um, yet um, I think the the world and 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 Daniel, you may may um, um, comment on that. Um, the world within corporations is typically more site oriented, more function oriented, more system oriented, um, and we need to bridge those those cross points where it goes cross function, cross system, cross enterprise. And I think this is the challenge. This is also the 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 change and transformation related cha uh, challenge. And by the way, um, also um, um, uh, a technological challenge um, that that we are going to face. And I think this is. This is kind of a barrier and a challenge um, for for getting into this into this end to end true end to end connectivity. How do you see this, Daniel? Yeah, I think um, you, you very much hit the the nail on on the head. You know, um, what, what we saw in the areas where where we uh, kind of play in, in Asia, uh, we, we had a lot of very manual processes and, and what really was highlighted was during COVID and or still during the COVID pandemic, but how do we how do we start to look at ways to automate the end-to-end -end process? You know, traditionally we, we have thousands of people who go and collect cash, you know, collect cash, knock on a door, take it to the bank, put it in. When, when COVID came and we suddenly couldn't uh, have people collecting, then what very quickly we, there was a huge impact on, on networking capital and on, on, the, on, the, on the cash flow. How do we then pivot very quickly to say, okay, let's let's move to an online uh, payments platform, let's build that into an e-commerce platform. Um, um, but really, it does take a... If you've been in in running a, an ERP system for, for many years, to really look at all of these business processes is something that, that you have to take a step back and, and really start to say, okay, this, this in itself is not something you can fix overnight. It really is a, a complete re-engineering of, of the entire entire system. And for, for us, I think really we, we will maybe we'll maybe take a chance to do this when we go to a next version of SAP, for instance, and, and say, okay, let's let's try to move our business processes back to standard as much as possible. Um, and so that we can kind of remove a lot of these um a lot of these things that 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 really were highlighted during during pan, during the COVID pandemic, and, and we had to really kind of think, uh, I guess you could say, outside the box of some smart solutions to to make sure the business could keep on functioning. But I, I guess that that was because we were architects of of, of putting these these steps in place pre-pandemic times. Um, but it, it's something that that certainly needs to to be addressed. And, and yeah, I, I guess there's with any any business or any um, any technology implementation you build up a certain amount of technical debt over over time and if you don't address that at times it, it can come and it can come back and bite you and um, and yeah I, I guess it's not an easy one to to tackle there's a lot of resistance to change uh, traditionally people resist change um, and so really looking at how you re-engineer your entire business process is, is, is something that 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 is uh, yeah is it's not to be taken lightly, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. Daniel, um, I think the the use case, the blockchain-based use case that we discussed, the, the entire discussion, also your your title shows that um, that Zulik seems to be quite innovative in terms of understanding that data is is going to play a very important role um, um, in a in a only indirectly related uh, business model, indirectly uh, data related business model. Um, this this um, gives an indication that um, that uh, your way of thinking at Zilic is is quite innovative. Do you have other examples where 
where, where, where data um, and 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 end-to-end -end type type thinking um, is also driving other innovations at uh, at Zilic. Yeah, I, I guess Sam, um, we we are doing a, we have a number of, of quite uh, interesting data data solutions uh, underway. You know, um, one of the areas we we are kind of uh, is top of mind at the moment is is really trying to look at how we can build out a, a data marketplace. Um, how do we integrate uh, different um, uh, I guess different providers or a different a different um, uh, Clients, customers, I guess people who don't who don't really traditionally do anything with their data, they, they sit on sit on this data. So how can we come to um, a, a marketplace concept where where people can can kind of trade in data? We can connect it, uh, and, and we can we can offer um, kind of uh, analytics as a as a service on, on top of that. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, that's mm -hmm. one of the areas that that we we kind of targeting uh, this year. And um, we're also doing a lot around uh, around trying to um, do advanced um, analytics predictions uh, around. Um, around things like flu outbreaks so how can we take um, data that's coming through from uh, doctors prescriptions and, and can we um, forward plan or forward predict where the next flu outbreak will, will be we use the same modeling and we saw this uh, at the early start of the pandemic before we knew it was, it was a covid pandemic and, and we thought that there was going to be uh, more people in this region would would be having flu-like symptoms and it turned out it was it was obviously covid was hidden but the, the predictions showed two weeks ahead based on, on on the doctor prescribing habits what what was actually going going to happen so how can we then start to to roll that out to other other kind of um, other kind of illnesses um, in, in different regions uh, across where we are so the, the they are kind of really I think key to this is it's obviously unlocking unlocking the data. You know, um, data is uh, as I, said, I was talking to Andy earlier. You know, it's very nice to build a data lake. You can put as much data in it as you want, but if it's not uh, harmonized or cleaned or can be joined together, we, we can't do anything with it. And uh, and yeah. I think that is that is the key. Everybody talks about it. let's build a data lake. It's it's the big next buzzword at the moment. Um, but really, it's it's unlocking the data in the data lake to make meaningful insights, and and that's what we're we're really trying to to do at the moment. Great conversation. Um, I don't quite know how to summarize uh, the discussion in addition to Klaus because we've covered so much content. Um, so let me just uh, use it as, a, as, a, as an opportunity to say, okay, um, have a look at Zulik Pharma, um, Easy Tracker, the, 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 the infections marketplace, data marketplace on, on infectious diseases and so on. Um, and come back to this podcast to check out when we go into a deeper discussion around all the topics that Daniel is already working on. The marketplace. <laughs> the marketplace, the data integration, and possibly composable apps. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so much. much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye -bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.